Hey, this is William Paul, and uh, I know you guys have been, had some trouble with uh, lots of people calling in sick, not being able to make it in for work, uh, for recording. Uh, <coughs> uh, I just want to let you guys know that um, uh, I am always available. I, you know, I, you know overtime, holiday pay, I, you know, I'm always available, regardless of how over or under the weather I am. <coughs> regardless of how I feel, I'm always there for you guys. Um, seriously. Uh, just let me know. Uh, also, um, with the comic books, I've been reading uh new Her- Hercules series. Very good. Definitely, strongly recommend you guys check it out. Talk to you later. <coughs> Bye. You can call me. Tim, Wayne, and Andrew. I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This is Wayne. This is Tim. Oh, yeah. And this is Andrew. Tim, if you're going to talk like that, you need to look out for trees. And, and, and heart attacks. It might be a little too soon, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's going to slip into a Slim Jim. Just don't do it while driving. <laughs> yeah. Kind of uh, sad. Macho Man Randy Savage passed away this week after having a heart attack while driving his car. He was, what, 58, I want to say? Yeah, and unlike other 58-year-old wrestlers, he actually stopped wrestling, which is awesome. Yeah, he, he went out. doing movies. And Slim Jim commercials. Oh, right. so is ready. Sorry, that was my other <laughs> Had you seen a recent picture of him? He basically, he had to have been dyeing his beard for a while because the, the recent pictures, it's all completely white. Looks totally different. I, I guess I haven't seen a recent picture of him. Well, let me tell you, Paul. The world is saddened for the loss of Randy Macho Man Savage. I'll never get another Slim Jim again. I never ate a Slim Jim to begin with. <laughs> I was gonna say, Tim, how many Slim Jims do you eat before he passed away? He's got that. He's got that <laughs> big like tube three. there in his, uh, you know, in his podcast studio. <laughs> but for every three of them, he he looked at it and said, "Snap into a Slim Jim." Oh yeah. When you say his podcast studio, are we referring to his car or somewhere in the house? <laughs> it's the tool shed out back. The garage. <laughs> you know, this is one of those podcasts I feel like Paul's going to catch up on the, uh, you know, insult-ometer. Motherfuckers, <laughs> I am awake. <laughs> That's right. The Paul knife awaits you, Paul. Now, Paul, Paul, did you manage to stay awake through Pirates of the Caribbean the other night? Just barely. When did you see it? I saw it last night, actually. Yeah. Um, and I went to that movie theater, that movie theater that uh, I don't have to worry about, you know, munchkins in it, because after 7 o'clock, 21 punk kids. Adults, yeah, the term is punk kids. Bastards. You don't have to worry about $20, $20 bills, y'all, either, because that's what you spent. 
Twenty dollars. That's one tip to Christine. Then could you could have done? That's right, Paul. That's say twenty dollars. It was twenty-seven for me. That's Damn. one waitress's whose love you could buy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I saw Pirates of the Caribbean last night at the Cinebistro. Um, saw it with the family, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I barely did stay awake. I, I just, I, I need to clarify. You saw a Johnny Depp movie at the Cinebistro. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this makes you gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure it it had Penelope Cruz in it. Doesn't uh-huh, that yeah. count for something? Beard. <laughs> Paul, so, what type of wine were you drinking while you watched this movie? Um, red. You can tell by the redness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's... <laughs> Yay. I think the redness may have been the lipstick on the glass, Paul. It may have been my <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, you know, I got to get dressed up. I mean, um, no. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> So I saw most of the movie last night. What? Oh, what happened, yeah. Wayne? So my movie experience was, you know, by far not pleasant. So beforehand, you know, I, I come home, I pick up my wife, we go out to eat. My wife gets into an argument with the waiter at the restaurant, and uh, basically well, the dinner experience isn't so great. So then we go to the movie. We're sitting there. We, we end up we're, you know, watching it in 3D. The person in front of me has either cologne or perfume, something so strong that it starts giving me a headache and starts my eyes start to water. And if your eyes are watering when you're wearing these 3D glasses, it gets, you know, very, very uncomfortable. You know, my eyes started to blur. It made the headache worse. The whole thing's getting, you know, pretty uncomfortable to sit there. My wife then turns around and starts yelling at the person behind her for kicking her seat. She's not really having a great night either. And then near the end of the movie, she starts feeling vomitously ill, has to leave the theater, comes back, and she is completely convinced that the guy at the restaurant did something to her food after their argument. So all in all, I can't really give a fair shake to the movie because it was a completely horrible movie going experience and it reminds me why i don't go to that theater normally well you know i gotta be honest in all fairness technically you shouldn't argue with the waiter before you get your food anyway oh i agree and i don't paul speaks as someone formerly a waiter (laughs) yes exactly how many how many how many sneeze burgers did you give out when you worked for ruby tuesday paul (laughs) <laughs> nice for naming the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, I agree, and I don't do that. But and I now, can't Wayne, speak for everyone else sitting at the table with me. What was she yelling at him about? Uh, this is probably the stupidest conversation ever. <laughs> well, the one we're having she... right now, or <laughs> so? No, the the argument. So. My wife doesn't like Coke products. She's kind of picky about her food and her drinks. So she's trying to find a drink to get. And he's going through. He's like, well, we have root beer. It's like, well, what kind of root beer? We have Barks. Barks happens to be the only root beer that has caffeine in it. And she doesn't like it because it has caffeine in it. So she, she mentioned something to the guy. He's like, no, uh, no, Barks has caffeine. I don't like it because of that. And the guy's like, I beg to differ. And that set her off. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then she was sick the rest of the night. Your wife was right, at least. So. Oh, yeah, she was completely right. Barks oh, yeah. does have caffeine, and it's the only oh, root beer that does. Because it has bite. 
Parks well, it's not bite. the only, but yeah. That's actually what she, that's what she said too. It, it, they say they have bite. The bite is caffeine. Yeah, exactly. And what did he say? Did he say shut the fuck up and smack her across the mouth? I mean, <laughs> what no, he just <laughs> he just did horrible, horrible things to her food in the back. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, she was violently ill for the rest of the night, and then she uh, was feeling fine this morning. So, you she, know, I'm not. She saying, may be right. I'm not saying he did anything, but he might have done something. <laughs> and Paul, as someone who is formerly a uh, a weight person professional, what Where type of I? thing at, at Ruby <laughs> Tuesday? What, <laughs> I thought it was that shenanigans. <laughs> what? The, <laughs> well, he he also worked at uh, Chicas Locas. So <laughs> oh, nice. Is that where he met Christine for the first time? <laughs> Not the first time, but the second, third, and fifth time. <laughs> you like when Aaron threw a little racial slap at you for <laughs> I see what you're doing, Mister Head. <laughs> Anyway, but but you know, as someone who who worked in the food service industry, Paul, tell us tell us what he might have done to uh, uh, Wayne's wife's uh, dinner. <laughs> well, any number of things, really. I mean, for her to be feeling better this morning, you know, it could have just been anything like extra sauce or extra. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that kind of <laughs> excrement. <laughs> I love sauce. She's feeling better today, so most likely it wasn't an ass burger he gave her. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't rub it against his taint or anything. Yeah, I mean, I've had some bite. I'll give you some bite, lady. <laughs> I've had food poisoning, and it lasted more than a day. I mean, uh, uh, glad Mrs. Wayne is feeling better. Yeah, yeah. So honestly, I have no idea how the movie actually was because I spent most of it wondering when is she going to yell at the person behind her next? God, my head is pounding from this perfume. I need to step outside to the bathroom just so I don't vomit because I'm getting nauseous here. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that cost well, you twenty seven no, bucks. Just... <laughs> yep, twenty seven <laughs> bucks. You should have just pulled a Mrs. Wade and started yelling at the person for wearing too much perfume. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? Or just puked on that would have covered the smell. <laughs> yeah, so we we left before the end. We didn't actually see how it ended. Wow. So speaking of physical illness in movies, uh, Aaron sent out a Green Lantern trailer earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, the, I, the the new Green Lantern trailer is uh, very different than the other trailers we've seen. It's it's very much a this is kind of the history of the universe up to now sort of trailer. I have to say, I I saw this before the movie, before the headache got too bad, and. It's the best Green Lantern trailer I've seen so far. Most of the others made me want to just run away and not see this movie. Uh But this one I thought was pretty good. I mean, I'm not jumping to Russian Sea at opening day or anything, but I'm rethinking my decision to wait for DVD. I liked the trailer, actually. I I thought this was the best trailer so far. I agree. Now, I I had had no intentions of ever waiting till DVD. I was always going to see it first day. It's Green Lantern. You know, that's just a moral imperative. You know, considering I still buy three Green Lantern books that I don't like, I might as well see the movie that I won't like on the first day. But um, no, I, I thought the trailer was was pretty damn kick ass. You know, I liked that they went with the epic scope and yeah. they seemed to focus a little less on Ryan Reynolds and Jokey. Yeah, so, it, it seems like the 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 more they leave Ryan Reynolds out of the trailers, the more I like the trailers. Yep, <laughs> that's a good thing. And, and that doesn't bode well for the movie. Well, but you know, yeah, maybe I, it's only in the last twenty minutes of the film. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> <laughs> it's Abin you know, Sur and Kilowog the rest of the time. 
you know, uh, when you look back and you see Paul say, I buy three Green Lantern books I don't like, so I might as well go to a movie I don't like. This is a classic example of what we call throwing good money after bad. <laughs> well, you know, we have, we have talked about this before, that he has to set it on fire sometimes just to get it out of the house. That's right. Well, it just it's too much. There's nothing good about my money. You don't know where I get my money from. <laughs> it's evil money that deserves to be wasted. Well, he earns it at Chicas Locas. It's it's a bunch of singles. He has piles and piles of sweaty singles. Yep. That I get from serving taint burgers. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Paul was our waiter. <laughs> and you guys were afraid we wouldn't have banter today. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny? I, I probably was their waiter. Wayne didn't recognize me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> funny, because it's true. <sighs> oh, dear God. Funny conversations for the win. <laughs> okay, so I got to call balls on uh, Wayne and Paul. What? Well, I'm calling balls on you guys. Balls. Because y'all went on and on about how good Flashpoint number one was, and I picked it up this week in advance of reading uh, Booster Gold number 44. And you loved it. I did not. Did you dislike it? It certainly sounds like you disliked it. (laughs) I didn't dislike it. I just didn't think that it was wonderful. In fact, it reminded me a whole bunch of Countdown. I just – I I didn't see the wonder and amazement that y'all saw in it. It's because you have no soul. That, hey, you know, I'm going to be left behind on this whole Rapture Day thing later today. So, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. But uh, <laughs> Aaron was hoping on that Rapture reference. <laughs> I will make all one. of our hopes and dreams of not mentioning it on the show. <laughs> the but uh, uh, all got left behind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I. I there was a moment or two that I thought was kind of nifty, but it, Flashpoint didn't do anything for me. Oh, it's a shame. I really liked it. But did Booster Gold do anything for you? Uh, Booster Gold was great. Flashpoint universe? Booster Gold was fantastic. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It's so nice to see Dan Jurgens back on the book. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't quite as strong as his work early in the series, because he's just jumping back into it, and he's jumping in the middle of a crossover. Well, Andy has but to reestablish is... who the character is, so you spend a lot yeah. of time him reintroducing Booster Gold to you. He and basically he's on three had three softball teams now. This because it's a season, so yeah. <laughs> he basically had to fix everything that had happened in the previous arcs before he could move on. And I Booster is the perfect character to be outside of this event, to be you know part of it, and know what's going on. Yeah. I think now we'll see, just like Batman, Flash will eventually come to the point that he recognizes Booster as a as a hero. And I couldn't have been more happy to see the the final page of this book. Tim, can we get a spoiler? Oh, spoiler, yeah. When we did the, <laughs> <laughs> you remember when we did the interview with Dan Jurgens, and he specifically talked about how Booster was the one that named Doomsday, and that it was something he wanted to come back to at some point. Yeah, I was so excited to see Doomsday show up at the end of this. Yeah, he's obviously not the same Doomsday from the regular universe because he's talking and working for the government. But the character looks good, and he looks like he's going to be menacing. And I want to see what Dan Jurgens can do with the character, since the character's been so ruined by the recent, well, Doomsday. everything they've done with Doomsday yeah. since he was writing him last. Yeah. But doesn't it just seem wholly appropriate that Doomsday is working for the government? <laughs> In this world, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it just makes sense. 
I actually picked up this book. Shocker, oh, shocker. What did you think, Paul? I liked it. You know, I, I, I picked it up because it was a Flashpoint thing, and it's the only monthly title that DC publishes that crosses over into Flashpoint. Right. You know, everything else has a miniseries. Booster Gold, you know, is the it seems is the only other person besides Barry Allen who remembers the regular DC universe. Uh, what surprised me is I thought he was going to come back to the regular DC universe, and that would be how he was outside of it. But he was looking in a refrigerator when it happened, so he was already in the in the world when everything changed. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be explained. I'm, I'm curious about that, but uh, no, I liked it. You know, I've always liked Dan Jurgens, or you know. I've always enjoyed the character of Booster Gold. I actually, you know, read the initial run, but you know, I'm not as huge a fan as you guys. But I, I like it. I like that it it helps set up the world. It's a little disappointing that they show all this stuff on the cover that's not in the book. You know, they show yeah. Wonder Woman and Batman and Superman and Cyborg, and really, we don't see any of them in the book. Well, Cyborg appears in in uh, on a billboard. Yes, so you know he's there. <laughs> Cover's totally accurate now. That's right. Yeah, and there is artwork of Batman when he's having flashbacks to the JLI days. That's right. Uh-huh. So Batman's there too. You know what? It's I I I Paul, did you even read this comic? <laughs> Jesus. What comic? Wow. Paul, you were so wrong. Gold. I mean, it's like you went to Wikipedia, you know, to research the comic instead of actually read it. Yeah. Well, you know. That's how I read my comics every week. <laughs> <laughs> just just the updated Wikipedia notes. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. You know, and that really, here's paragraph. here's this big two page ad for Flashpoint that has all of those characters in it. So you're really wrong. Now, you know, con- conversely, you know, I did not and I did not overly enjoy Flashpoint number one like you guys did. But I got to tell you, I thought Booster Gold number forty four was terrific, and it's just because it's such a refreshing change from the creative team that was on it. You know, this is the kind of Booster Gold story I want to read. And you're absolutely right. Booster Gold is the perfect character to see this universe through, you know, to, to, for him to experience it because of the way they've got his uh, his story set up. I, I, I dug this book a lot, and, I, and I'm just excited for 45. Yeah, it feels so like the question, character's finally back. Yeah. So question for you, Mr. Head. Yes, sir. Will you be picking up Flashpoint number two? I don't know. You should do it. I don't know. You're going to do it. Probably. Jump. <laughs> 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 well, I, I thought I thought Booster Gold, you know, is certainly poised to tell a big story, a giant story, if you will, like an X-Men giant size number one. Yeah. Um, I'm the only one who read X-Men giant size number one this week, uh, written by Christopher Yost and uh, with art by something Medina. <clears throat> Paco Medina, sorry. Funky Funky Cole Medina. Funky Cole Medina did the art for X-Men Giant Size. And um, so X-Men Giant Size, speaking of events like Flashpoint, this is a kind of a, a, a small X-Men event. It's a, a mini event, if you will. And uh, again, written by Christopher Yost, who wrote Second Coming and uh, the Messiah Complex and a lot of those X-Men crossovers that I liked. You know, I wasn't big on this most recent one, the Age of X, I think. So I thought, let me give this one a shot and see see if I like it. And I gotta say, this book kicks all kinds of ass. Um, in X Men Giant Size, it actually features an adventure of the original X Men, the, the the original five, you know, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Iceman, Angel, Beast, and of the modern day X Men. So we see two adventures happening simultaneously, and the X Men are being attacked by a band by a like. 
uh, a band of superpowered people called the Neo. And the Neo are actually the next evolution from mutants. So if mutants are evolved humans, the Neo are evolved mutants. Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> Seriously. I don't think I say I don't think those were new for this either because they did the no, whole next stage of mutants thing a while back and I really hated all those stories. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's but it was about but it's about that those characters. Yeah, this is not the first time that they they referenced that they fought them before. And basically, the storyline involves uh, a band of uh, beings called the Evolutionaries. And they basically come in when it's time to wipe the old um, evolution off the face of the planet. So, like, you know, when Cro-Magnon was evolved into humans, they came and wiped out the Cro-Magnon so that humans could evolve. And now they're here to wipe out humans so that mutants can be the sole race on the planet. So do and, the evolutionaries have like marijuana and stuff? <laughs> no, no, unfortunately. You would you wouldn't consider them high evolutionaries? No, they are not high evolutionaries. Right. They're low sure, evolutionaries. Sure. I'm taking notes here, okay, Paul. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, all that aside, you know, it, it it actually was a damn good book. Um, it was an it was a real interesting read. I'm really looking forward to seeing where the storyline goes with this one. Um, it crosses over into the main X-Men title, which I still read anyway, you know, the one written by uh, Victor Gishler. So, I mean, if you, if you like Christopher Yost and, you know, you, you dig X-Men, this is probably a, a good place for you to, to jump on a little bit and get a good X-Men story because it really was well-written and well-done, which is, you know, not something I can say for a lot of the X-Men titles out nowadays. X-Force. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, I'm, gl- I'm, gl- I'm glad you schooled us, Paul. I schooled you. I schooled you. Almost like I brought you to an academy. An Avengers Academy? Mm, I wouldn't call you guys Avengers, really. What would you call us, Paul? On Saturdays. That's what he calls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes on Wednesdays. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> so, so Avengers Academy <laughs> number 14 came out this week. There was and more you- awkwardness to that transition than there was when I was sitting at the table and my wife was yelling at the waiter. No, no. I was. I felt more uncomfortable with you telling that story than than talking about Avengers Academy. That's for sure. Was it because of the Taint Burger conversation? Yeah, that was it. That was that was the that was the one step too far. Only at Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> one of their thirty-one delicious hamburgers. <laughs> <sighs> So, Avengers Academy number 14 starts a trend in this week's comics for me of a book that disappointed me. This book, from my perspective, uh, lacked everything that worked in issue 13. You know, issue 13 was the Avengers Academy prom or dance issue, and uh, that all of us just said so many wonderful things about. And I just. I wasn't feeling any of the the uh, dynamic relationships between any of the, the the characters. There wasn't much energy on the page. I I just did not enjoy this book much at all. You know, I found overall the comics this week. You know, I had quite a few of them. It was a very lackluster week. I mean, it wasn't bad. It's not like I read a bunch of books and I was left you know hating them afterwards. It was just nothing had the energy. Nothing was as good as. 
I thought it would be. Yeah. I mean, everything was kind of down key. I didn't dislike this issue at all. Yeah. You know, this is the issue. The last issue was much better with uh, the character development, but I enjoyed their fight with the Sinister Six and that they were completely outsmarted by them. And I, I thought that was interesting, I, you know, and, and I'm not saying that it was a bad book, but what I'm saying is that it just it didn't have the pop that issue 13 had. And the, the big pity party at the end of the book with Hank Pym uh, and the whole, you know, it's my fault. It's my fault. I'm sorry. I, I, re-. I mean, how many times is he going to say he's sorry in this stupid book? You yeah, know? I also think my opinion of the book might have been hurt because I read Amazing Spider-Man first mm-hmm. and the characters were over there, too. Well, I, I just didn't think that this was as good a representation as we've seen in Avengers Academy. And I can I can agree with that, but I, I, did, I, I kind of like the fact that this is kind of another lesson for these kids. It's like, yeah, we are not on par with people that have been together that long. Yeah. We still don't really act like a team unless, like, seriously prompted to do so. You know, and I thought for a moment there they actually were until you find out that they were just being outsmarted the whole time. When they start calling out who's going to take down who, and you know, I actually had I thought for a second they were they were going to do this. I was as gullible as they were. Yeah, and I think they put up a good effort, and I think that's kind of what the book was about. But yeah, there's going to be some Hank Pym, uh, you know, emo along with Reptile. Like, oh, we needed a win. We're going to get a win. <laughs> like, we needed this. Yeah. yeah. And Hank Pym got kicked out of France. Yeah. Well, no big loss. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amazing Spider-Man 661. Well, what I can say about Amazing Spider-Man 661 is that uh, Dan Slott didn't write this guy. Our, our Avengers Academy uh, buddy, Christos Gage, wrote it. Which yeah, I didn't catch originally. I didn't either. I didn't, you know, I didn't know it until you just said it. I was so oh. excited when I saw the cover, you know, teased. And I was like, oh, that looks like that's going to be fun. Hey, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't been reading Avengers Academy and speaking because this crosses over with, with that group. And uh, yeah, this was a, a big disappointment. And, and the thing in the back, I don't. I don't even know what to say about it. I can't. Words cannot express my disgust with the the back the backup feature this week. The art project, so, yeah. And was there a different artist on the book this week? Yes. Yeah. Because the art the art definitely looked different. I like the the lines of it, but the coloring is all very flat. Yeah. Well, the it's, you know we've had Stefano Caselli on the book, and and this week, in addition to replacing the writer, because usually it's Dan Slott, we get Krista Gage. And then Riley Brown is the artist on the book, an artist I'm not familiar with. But wow, I, I mean, I dislike this book a lot. I didn't think I didn't think the the artist did a bad job. I don't either. But it didn't have any of the uh, the uh, the energy and you know Stefano Caselli, Umberto Ramos, and the other guys who've been working on Amazing Spider-Man really bring a unique energy to the book. I think, and I, I just. Do- this felt like a filler issue. You know, and I don't know if it's – I don't have a problem with the art itself, the drawings, but the color is really off. And maybe it was the same guy doing it. I have no idea. But looking at it, it's like everything seems so flat. Mm-hmm. The colors – it's like there's, it's like it's washed out. It looks like I left my book in the sun and let the colors wash it out. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I think it's funny, Aaron. You said it it felt like filler material to you? Yeah. The odd thing is that it picked up the storyline that Dan Slott had started in the last couple of issues of The Amazing Spider-Man and carried it forward. Right. With the whole micro-universe, psycho-man escape, because we saw all that set up in the Dan Slott book. But, it, but you know, I, I found it very disappointing, though. Well, and, and I say filler in that it felt like the B-team doing the work. And I hate to say that about Krista Gage because I think he's very talented, and I've loved what he's done over in, in uh, Avengers Academy, this week's book uh, – you know, accepted, but um, this book just looked like you know one of those file books that you would have way back in the day, where you just had somebody you know drawing the book and and writing the book that you know that they could just pop it in. And I agree, it fits into the ongoing story. It just wow, I, I really hated it. And I think one of the reasons I really hated it is that I hate Psycho Man. I have always hated Psycho Man. I don't think I've ever read a Psycho Man story that I've enjoyed. He is but kind he has, of a dumb he an, villain. He has an iPad, though, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> From, he like, does. 1985. <laughs> well, I iPad. Can, can I, well, let, I, I'd like to challenge a little bit of the hate. Because I, I think part of it is that I think we're all a little spoiled on oh, the yeah. slot. Absolutely. Because I don't think this was a bad book. Like, I don't... I don't I didn't necessarily like that it took that much build up to get him into the classroom. Like, what is it, like f- six, seven pages? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd have liked to have seen a little more personal interaction between him and the kids besides the kids giving the substitute teacher a hard time. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, for me, I don't think it's at all that I'm spoiled by Dan Slott's writing. I think reading through this, this wasn't even a good Avengers Academy story. I hated how the kids were portrayed in here. I didn't like Peter as a teacher in here, and I did like those stories when he originally was. I did very much enjoy his conversation with his girlfriend again. She's quickly becoming my favorite supporting cast member of, you know, in a long time in a Spider-Man book. Um, but overall, the story just wasn't very good. I mean, him trying to do the teaching thing and failing. Yeah, we see why that it was psych- our Dr. Dr. Psycho? Psycho Man. No, just Psycho Thank Man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting my DC mixed up with him here. Yeah, Stupid character still- name, man. <laughs> I, yeah. I would have liked to see him have more interaction with the kids, six, successful interaction, because he was just yeah. you know so useless when he was interacting with them in the classroom. He, he was that's not how I picture Spider Man in front of a classroom. Right? No, it was ridiculous how badly he was failing. You know, yeah. maybe okay, he's being the self doubt's being pushed forward. This is a guy that you know swims in self doubt every day of the week. He can function better than this when he has his self doubt turned up a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. he's taught before. You know, he, he he would not just wander in with some some you know thinly veiled illusions to his own life and go from there. He would he would be prepared. Now, you know when they, when uh, Giant Man shows up and he, he he asks Ben Grimm to run the class. If he yeah. takes the Spider Man picture out and put Ben Grimm in here, I would have expected that from him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, I would have. I wanted, wanted. I wanted more from Peter Parker running a classroom than five minutes of the kids showing him that they're smarter than he is. And oh well, let's just go on patrol. Yeah. And so I agree. It was. It was a disappointment. But I. I want to challenge the, the the hate somewhat with the fact that I think we've we've been getting a plus stories for so long that when you get I I I, I would consider this a, a B minus story. It seems like a lot worse. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Christos Gage. I'm a fan of what he's doing over in Avengers Academy, and I didn't enjoy this. So I don't think it all, it's at all a Dan Slott thing. I think this is a weak book for Christos Gage as well. Oh, I, I, I would agree with you, Wayne. You know, when 
when I finished the story, I flipped back to see who wrote it because I had just assumed it was another Dan Slot book. And, you know, I was like, wow, you know, Spider-Man doesn't sound like himself. The Avengers Academy kids don't sound like themselves. And that's what I found so surprising that Christus Gage wrote it because it just felt like somebody else was doing the work. He is so much better than this issue. Yeah, I, I agree. And I wouldn't say I hate the book, Tim. I'm just disappointed because I'm so used. To, I think you're partially right because I am so used to having such a great book every couple of weeks that this one is just kind of a. Uh, it just it was a, it was a letdown. I can't yeah. say I hate it though. Yeah. But it, it was, was the book down. for me that started that trend of everything being lackluster. Yeah, because it was one of the first books I read. Well, and along those lines, why is it Alpha Flight always has to suck? That's a good question. <laughs> because this should be a fun conversation. Because I didn't think this book sucked. Oh, I God. did. I did think it fell into the lackluster category with everything else. No, but yeah. it had enough things throwing back to the original series. That I have hope for the title. Marvel owes me a dollar. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Why do they owe you a dollar? Yeah, why a dollar? Fees. Royalty fees. Royalty fees. obviously a ripoff of the coyote. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I uh. I knew there's something there. Let's talk. First of all, the uh, the creative team, the writers are Fred Benlinte and Greg Pak, uh, both guys that I enjoy a great deal. Uh, except in this book. Um, first off, where the hell's Puck? Good question. He's going to come back further later in the storyline when the Puck's, series starts. Puck's in hell. That's uh, exactly it. Yeah, he will. He will be coming back into the storyline, but he's over, He was in the in hell in the Wolverine storyline. Yeah. What, you remember what the is, conversation? Midgets go to hell. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Reference that. <clears throat> Why does North Star, North Star always have to be such a douche? Because he's. Because it's his character. He was completely in character. Yeah, but usually people change as they get older. He has changed. He's gotten to be more of a douche. Uh, maybe. His, douche, his, his douchiness goes to 11. So let me tell you Let me tell you my big problem with this book. Uh, you know, I liked Alpha Flight a lot back in the day, but yeah. it's a zero issue. Oh, 0.1 issue. I'm sorry. It seems like they should be giving you a little bit more exposition as to how things got there. They kind of started in the in media res with this battle and this you know bad things are going on. We're gonna react to it. I would have liked a little bit more of a setup to to you know who these people are, what how where they are now, what's happened to them since they came back in the chaos war. So I agree with that. I do agree that it, from the setup standpoint, you don't know how they're back alive. You don't know any of that. They did because this was a point one issue. They had to take the time to have a special page dedicated to each character and how they what they're doing in their regular world before they come to fight the the bad guy of the issue. I was expecting that out of a point one though. I did expect a little bit more, you know, here's how they're back to life because I didn't read anything in Chaos War. I knew they came back, but I didn't know it was permanent until I picked up this issue. Mhm. Well, and, and like Heather's talking about their kids that they lost, you know, Vindicator and, and, and her. And, and I don't know what kid they're referring to or how they lost them. It kind of bugs same, me. Same here. I had no idea they had any kids. So I was very confused by that as well. I, I think my problem with the book is while I was happy to see, you know, Heather and Jamie again, because, um, you know, before you had all the very complex backstories and complications with Vindicator and Guardian – you know, I really liked both of those characters. I loved the original characters before things went crazy with, with Alpha Flight. Um, it was nice to see those guys back on the page. It was nice to see this team together. I've got very fond memories of the, the original Alpha Flight. I just could care less about the conflict in the book. 
you know, this whole you unity know, story. I was like, I don't give a damn. You know, I, I don't really care a lot for the unity story. I don't really I don't know what the story is. Mm-hmm. For me, what sold me, to be honest, was Carla Kilgrave. I loved her stories when she first showed up in Alpha Flight back in the first run. Because she was loved a member the- of Beta Flight. Yeah. Yep. Well, the the first time she showed up, she doesn't remember anything. She just uh, took control of North Star, didn't know she even had powers, and made him her, you know, her boyfriend, just dominating his mind, and you know, not knowing that he was gay. Don't know how she didn't see that one coming. But <laughs> that callback to that character, I said she was one. She was my favorite of the supporting cast, favorite of Beta Flight. But even before that, when she was actually in Alpha Flight. Love the character, love those storylines. And that may be one of the reasons why I enjoyed the book so much was when I saw her, I was excited. So they're making callbacks to the first series. Mm-hmm. No one ever touches this character. This is a forgotten character. If they're going to bring her back, what else are they going to do in the series when the series actually starts? If this were an issue one of the series, I would be complaining as much as you guys are. But it's not issue one, it's a point five. If issue one comes out and it, it feels exactly like this one, then I'll be on board with complaining. But as a point one issue, I'm perfectly fine with this book. So, so you you like the purple girl? So let me let me just point this out. When given a choice between, be, uh, you know, your beta flight team, you didn't choose box, Wayne. Eight <laughs> <laughs> out in the box. I enjoyed box too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. Past <laughs> You know, a couple of things I did I did really like. I love that Snowbird apparently, when she comes back to life, so decides to settle in and be a meter maid or you know a parking yeah. attendant. Yeah, I, I like what? I like I that enjoyed story, that, and I yeah. didn't see it coming at all. Oh, neither did I. You know, they show her in the first things. I in no way recognize her as Snowbird until she uh, you know turns into her costume self at the end. I mean, I was as I'm reading through, it's like I really like this meter maid character. She's fun, and then she yeah. turns into a bear. Well, yeah, so yeah, you got this shapeshifter, and the first couple of pages, her just taking grief from this guy, and he's ripping up the ticket and throwing away and bad mouthing her, and she's like, "Sir, if you want to contest the ticket, you just have to make." And he is just giving her all sorts of crap, and then she just walks away. And that whole time, she could just turn into a bear and mauled his ass. Now, the you- stupidest scene in the whole book, though, was when they send their call out for shaman. He's in the middle of open heart surgery, and he sends his mind away and just says, "Oh, my body will complete the operation." That was funny. I like that. That was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But That's I, a I, lawsuit I, waiting to happen. It tickled me. The lawsuit's <laughs> filed. I'm just, you know, because I haven't got my check. <laughs> <laughs> well, and can anyone tell me my, why Marina is so, so angry with, with humanity? Because that last that seemed like kind of come out of nowhere when she's screaming into the cameras after they've won. And everybody's talking about how great they are. She's screaming at them about how, you know, she's an alien and pride of it and bite me. I thought that was Kara Kilgrave. No, that's Marina. Looking at it, I wasn't sure what it was. It was so out of place with everything else in the book. And I mean, you see her standing there with them, getting the picture taken, all posed. And then you see that screaming and the middle finger. It's it was totally out of place. I didn't understand where it was coming from at all either. Yeah. I wasn't sure who it was. I honestly, I just assumed they uh, had miscolored the picture. No, if you look at the hair. No, you're right. Hair. You're absolutely right. Looking at yeah. it, I, I just and, and the clothes. I, it, it's definitely her, but it just yep. it's so weird. Yeah, just out of nowhere. If she doesn't want to take pictures, why is she standing there posing with the group? Right. So, so that she, was so odd. she submarinaed them. 
Hey, oh, oh no, that's not. <laughs> <working>. <laughs> I'm trying, guys, I really am. We appreciate your efforts there. I'm on board when Alpha Flight comes back because I said this. This would have been lackluster as a first issue. It was still a lackluster book, like every other book I read this week. But I didn't hate it, and it hit on some good points for me. It hit on a lot of callback to the original series. I have hope for the series, which of course means I'm sure these this won't be the writing team on it. You know, I, no, it's Van Lente with, and Pack on the on the ongoing. Good. I agree with Wayne. It was it was just another it was another lackluster, disappointing book for me this week. But uh, I'm, I'm going to look at number one and and make a decision, you know, at the newsstand if I'm going to pick it up or not. How about you, Aaron? I I don't know. I because uh, I I feel like the, this Unity story is going to be what's carrying forward, and I God, I just really couldn't give a damn. And I already Puck, have predictions. If, if Puck predict isn't that, if Puck isn't an issue one, I can tell you I won't be picking it up. I predict that Unity is master of the world. They're and who's big, that? They're f- basically their first villain from their original series that keeps coming back. He was a uh, he's like a forty thousand year old guy that had aliens made him immortal. Essentially, he's not invincible, but he's immortal. So he's Vandal Savage in Marvel. Yeah, basically, that's my prediction. Is that's who this is going to turn out to be? Well. Paul, Tim, talk to us about Batman and Robin. <laughs> Number 23. Aaron's like, you know what? Screw the transition. Yeah. Fuck Screw the transition. Fuck Alpha, Alpha Flight. Flight. Alpha Fuck the Flight. transition. Alpha Flight defeated Aaron. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, there were a couple of books this week that were a beatdown. Alpha Flight was one of them. Hey, Batman and Robin Number 23 was another. <laughs> uh, wow. But you should have been expecting that one. No, I shouldn't have. It was written by Judd Winnick, and it featured Ooh, like Jason it. Todd, who Judd Winnick is kind of like the Jason Todd master nowadays. I love Judd Winnick, so talk to me. Well, Tim, uh, why don't you go first? I was okay. So the let me the background is that um, Jason Todd has requested transfer out of Arkham uh, into general populace because. He basically uh, says, well, I've passed all the psych tests. I'm not crazy. Will I kill people? Sure. But that doesn't mean I'm crazy. I don't belong in Arkham. So they sent him to the, – the storyline is he gets sent to Arkham – or not – he gets he sent, it's sent to general populace. And so you know, Bruce and, and uh, Dick and Damien are all talking about, well, what do you think he's planning? And uh, Bruce is like, well, be on guard, but know that by the time you figure it out, he'll already put most of it in place. And apparently all Jason Todd wants to do is kill some dirt bags. <laughs> a lot of dirt bags. A lot of dirt bags. And I, 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 lo- I love the Red Hood. I do. I like him as a character. I like the whole broken superhero, angsty, the whole thing. I do. But And I like the fact that he's He'll kill. I I, I, lo- I like that. But I always thought of it more as the, the stories I like is when he takes down criminals to try to get Batman's attention or annoy Batman and in the process kills them. Not that, hey, let me just see how many of these mother, mother frickers I can kill. And that's kind of my problem with it. Uh, oh, and the fact that he gets busted out by the furry squad at the end. That was pretty ridiculous, too. Yeah, one's like a werewolf, one's like a dinosaur with a machine gun. It's awful. It, yeah, this uh, you know one of the things that Grant Morrison did with Jason Todd that I really actually hated 
was that he made Jason Todd a redhead. (laughs) He made Jason Todd a redhead and said that Bruce made Jason dye his hair so that no one could tell the difference between Robins. That is stupid. (laughs) Well, that's why Jason Todd's a redhead, in case anyone's wondering. (laughs) He's a ginger? That's why he's a ginger? Yeah. Huh. I'm adding that to my list of reasons why I hate Grant Morrison. That does seem really dumb. Yeah. You know, honestly, I don't mind the red hair now just to separate himself from his past. But yeah, yeah, if he's in Arkham, he doesn't he doesn't get like, you know, he doesn't get product. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have I have no issue with Jason Todd dyeing his hair and having had a different hair. The idea that Bruce Wayne would make him do it, though, yes. that is stupid. Right. Because he didn't try to do that to Stephanie and be like, okay, wear this vest and we're going to cut out your hair. We're going to make you look like a little boy. Um, yeah, you wear this we really tight shirt this? to hold your boobs down. Let's just be, yeah. be clear. Bruce has a type. But, you know, it was, it was kind of weak. Um, I don't know, Paul. I mean, taking the ending aside, what it what because the ending is a whole other ball. Yeah. I don't know what the ending is. You know, I don't know if I mean, are we legitimately looking at these monsters or creatures being characters? Is it costumes? Uh, I'm curious as to what it is. Uh, you know, is he drugged? I don't know. But um, taking that aside, it's still a disappointing issue. Um, but you know, I've given Judd Winnick a chance before, and he rarely lets me down. Especially when it comes to Jason Todd. You know, the Red Hood miniseries was not the best thing ever, but it wasn't bad. It was an interesting read. You know, it just felt a little repetitive in the middle. Yeah, I enjoyed it overall. It didn't need to be as many issues as it was, though. Like so the, this the, is a th- – I'm sorry. Page, go ahead, the, oh, I was going to say, the pages when he's in the – in general populace whooping some ass, not mm. – not, they weren't bad. They weren't bad. I just don't like – I don't feel like that's the organic step with this character. I think the organic step is – is Punisher not completely Zaz levels of well, ridiculousness? Well, the impression I get is that the whole was that Jason Todd knew the whole time. You know, he didn't go to he didn't get to General Populous just so he could kill a bunch of douchebags. He went to General Populous, Populous so that he could kill a bunch of douchebags, and then they transfer him out. At which point he could escape. If that's the case, then I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit better with it. But I still, you know. Because that, that's the impression I had, that he did that, not to be, just because he really wanted to kill people, but because he knew they would try to transfer him and that he could escape. Mm-hmm. That's the impression I got. But, I mean, again, it's not a horrible issue. It's just not a very good one. Um, you know. But it's a three-issue arc, and so I, I'm sure there will be more to it. I'm sure more will be explained. You know. And I like Judd Winnick, and I, I like the character of Jason Todd. I like the character of Red Hood. I'm going to keep it going. You know, I mean, I, I've bought 23 issues of Batman and Robin so far. I'm, is, I'm is going to for one halfway mediocre issue. Is Jed Winnick staying on the book? He's staying for three issues. Okay. Um, because everything's kind of all up in the air post-Flashpoint. Um, I don't know what's going to happen post-Flashpoint, but he's staying on for at least this three-issue arc that features Jason Todd as the villain. Oh, can I can I say one more thing about this book? Yes. The The... I don't know who's doing the covers, but I, the, the actual, like, helmet thing that Red Hood has, mm-hmm. it shouldn't look like half of a Benadryl capsule. 
<laughs> well, he, that's like, how he did it. He traced the Benadryl oh, caps. It's so awful. It's like you should. It, I liked it when it was like a motorcycle helmet. That was I was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say the, looks like the covers have book. been really bad because I mean normally I'll at least pick up a book and flip through it. I see those covers and I don't want to pick up the book and look at it. I got to be honest, Tim. You can thank Grant, Grant Morrison for the, uh, the the redesigned Red Hood also. That's, you know oh, the, the biker with the the red helmet. Yeah, has been replaced by this white suit, cape, two red guns, and the the Benadryl capsule head. I'm okay with the red guns. I, I, and but the yeah the costume itself is just a suck. Yeah, but luckily you don't see it in the actual issue. Right, we're good there. Yeah, but the biggest disappointment, biggest disappointment for me this week uh, was Thunderbolts one fifty seven. Oh man, no shit. I, 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 you know, there are certain books that are kind of like my my touch point books in the month that are just always of such high quality and give me such enjoyment. Amazing Spider-Man, which let me down this week. Avengers Academy, which let me down this week. And as I'm re- and I'm reading them in that order, right? And so I get the Thunderbolts. I'm like, well, thank God Thunderbolts is here. Jeff Par- Jeff Parker, he's not going to let me down. Oh dear God, this was terrible. This and, and it, it was terrible in that there was none of the things that that I just thoroughly enjoy about the Thunderbolts. There, I. I kept going back going, you know, is there some clever dialogue I can point to that I enjoyed in the book? But, I mean, there there wasn't that multi-layered uh, Thunderbolt story that I've enjoyed so much where you can enjoy the, the character interactions and you can enjoy the plot. You can enjoy the action. Um, the art in the book falls completely apart by the end of the book. I mean, the last couple of pages are just hideous. Agreed. It's – um. You know, so there's two artists on this book. Uh-huh. You know, you've got Kev Walker doing the the Thunderbolt stuff and um, Declan Shalvey doing the Underbolts stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I liked the way the storyline with the Thunderbolts started going to Romania or Transylvania or whatever the hell it is. Right. You know, and dealing with Nazi monsters and things like that. But I I think the main issue with this book is that they tried to have two alternating storylines and it was too damn much for one book so both of them ended up sucking yeah it was too it was it was too damn much that gave you too damn little mm-hmm. you know in fact there's i have enjoyed kev walker's artwork throughout his run and there is one really nice page one in this book and it's the scene where satana you know is is you know she's hovering up uh, at the top of the page and you can see um you can see uh, Juggernaut with all the little tentacly, uh, void-like looking thing on his shoulder. And then there's that inset in the middle of the page with the flame coming out of her mouth, mm-hmm. you know, from, uh, left to right. And I'm just like, wow, that is a really nice panel. You know, I mean, and I, I, I was really starting, okay, yes, I'm in, because it happens very early in. It's like, you know, three pages in. And then shit just falls apart. It really does. Uh, it's uh- I think it was rushed. I think the art was rushed. And story, I think. And story. Yeah. Because I, 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 the, the, the script is not does not seem nearly as polished to me. Can, I think can, he, I, can I blame that on Fear Itself? Because I'm going. Yeah. I was about to do the same thing, but I'll let Tim do it. Fuck Fear Itself. Fucking yeah. that stupid ass. Yeah. Everything <laughs> was rushed to make next issue the Fear Itself crossover. Yeah. Oh, we have to have Juggernaut here and away from the team and ostracized so that he's pissed off and he can turn into a monster. 
and I'm, I'm I get the feeling Jeff Parker's like, well, that's not where I was going at all, but sure, I'll be a team player and f up my good book. Well, yeah, exactly. And I completely did not get anything that was going on in in Iraq. You know, I mean, oh, I just, yeah. I mean, I was just like, what the hell? I mean, what, what happened to the book? Well, it was weird because like the Thunderbolts were called into duty because the Thunderbolts were busy. Mm-hmm. But then the Thunderbolts are with the Underbolts in Iraq. Yeah. Except for Luke Cage. Yeah. And and Juggernaut. So yeah. it's like, um, what? Yeah. What, what the hell? There's something that just catches me off guard every time you say Underbolts. <laughs> it just it sounds so wrong. Well, you know what? That's the official name of the team now because that's what Moonstone says. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I it was this book was uh was particularly uh disappointing. Well, and the sad thing is it's just that that Nazi ghost monster storyline could have been so oh. damn good. And and you you had the feeling cuz all of a sudden he's like, "Okay, well, now I know where you guys are. I can come back after fear itself is over." That's what that it was like that part was edited out. You mm-hmm. know. I can come back and deal with you guys just as soon as fear itself is over. <laughs> you know, it, Thunderbolts the last couple of issues. Remember cuz I was going to drop it. Uh-huh. But then they went on this supernatural bent. You know, and I was like, you know, I like the supernatural idea. I like that we're getting supernatural characters. You got Doctor Strange, you get Satana and some of these other monster type characters. I was digging that. I was digging that direction on the book. Yeah, Fuck you it, fear itself. <laughs> the book is groovy. Or was. Yeah. I Well yeah. Jeff Walker gets a pass because of Fear Itself. He does. You know, Jeff Parker is a good writer. We know Jeff Parker's a good writer. I really have a feeling, like we've been saying, that it just this book yeah. was shoehorned into fear itself. Yeah. It, I, I think he had some story compression there that, you know, I mean, I literally, I think that whole that whole line from uh, the bad guy is just, I'll see you guys after the crossover is done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll be back with reinforcements uh, after fear itself. You know, maybe that's why we have two artists is because Kev Walker was working on one storyline and they had to switch gears real quick. Yeah. I hope so, because... I really like Kev Walker. And Same here. The other guy yeah. did not do it at all. Well, Decon Shelby, he, he alternates with Kev Walker. I've noticed. You know, he did the Shadowland stuff. Like, I think every, I think to get, let Kev Walker get caught up, Decon Shelby comes in for a couple of issues or something. Oh, so every time it has to cross over into a stupid, uh, you know, crossover, they set this guy in. You know, and he he hasn't done a he didn't do a bad job on the Shadowland stuff. It just this stuff was. Yeah, it was ass. Good. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It was a great big taint burger of a comic. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I, I've noticed, you know, I didn't – all of my disappointments this month or this week were all books that I regularly buy. Batman and Robin, Amazing Spider-Man, Thunderbolts. Whereas the stuff I picked up out of the ordinary, like Batman Gates of Gotham, X-Men Giant Size, Booster Gold, were the books I really did enjoy. Um but my favorite book this week, hands down, hands down, was Rocketeer Adventures number one from IDW. I mean, it's it's a book. If if you don't know who the Rocketeer is, it, um, character created I think about roughly twenty years ago at this point. Um, You're created uh, for the movie. I'm sorry. Did, did Rocketeer exist before the Rocketeer movie? Yes, uh, Rocketeer existed in 1982. Okay. Um. Wow. So almost thirty years ago at this yeah. point. 
and uh, it was created by Dave Stevens. Dave Stevens, you know, beautiful art. Um, you know, did a, a, a series of Rocketeer stories um, before, unfortunately, he did die uh, in 2008. Now, the Rocketeer Adventures is like it, it's modern day creators, you know, modern creators doing their sh- takes on Rocketeer stories, short stories. And let me tell you who the creative team on the first issue is. John Cassidy, Mike Mignola and Dave Stewart, Mike Allred, Jim Silk, Kurt Busiek, and Michael Kaluta. Wow, that's a nice that's a nice uh, list of names. Yeah, and that's just the first issue. The second issue, which they advertise here, features Darwin Cook, Jeff Darrow, Gene Ha, Alex Ross, Dave Stevens, Mark Wade. Wow. And a couple of other names I don't that's know. That's an incredible list too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um Beautiful, beautiful book. This book is absolutely gorgeous. And um, in fact, the John Cassidy story—you would swear John Cassidy is, you know, the, the second coming of Dave Stevens. Gorgeous, gorgeous short story by him. Awesome pinup by Mike Mignola. Uh, you know, Mike Allred, who I'm not a huge fan of, actually did a decent story. It, this book was just beautiful and well written from start to finish. Nice short stories, and they all feel like short stories. At the end of them, you want to see more. So I don't know if this is like feeling out what the best short stories would be so that they could do a mini series or something like that, but I enjoyed every single page of this issue, and I'm a huge fan of The Rocketeer to begin with. Um, I liked the movie. Yeah, I love the, I love the movie. I've never read any of the comics of it though. There's something about those kind of stories. I don't even know what to call them, but that genre where you have things like zeppelins and you could have a guy with a jet pack and those are I mean, fun stories usually yeah it's, exactly. it's, that it's, pulp it's, genre is all, always a lot of fun exactly but it's like a light pulp you know i yeah. mean it, they're not like you know it's not like the shadow or you know bad care you know where the hero is an anti-hero you know the rocketeer is a good guy he is a good hero it's like a sky captain type thing um you know and if you're into that type of storytelling the rocketeer is definitely up your alley and rocketeer adventures you know, this is – you know how impressed we were with Mouse Guard Legends of the Guard number one before the series kind of went to crap? <laughs> yeah. I, I was just as impressed with this first issue as I was with the first issue of Legends of the Guard. Wow. You know, it was, you know, great. I mean, you and the talent on this book – and again, talent on Mouse Guard Legends of the Guard was great. But the talent on this book, I mean, just the names I mentioned in the first two issues, I mean, you know, they, they've got some really big guns behind this. So I highly recommend Rocketeer Adventures. Uh, it's three ninety nine, but it, it is worth every penny, and it is by far my book of the week this week. And now I'm in the mood to watch the movie. Well, all right then. That's that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this I believe is our ninety sixth episode. That is oh. correct. So we are uh, just a few weeks away. From big, giant-sized episode 100. And leading up to episode 100, we're going to have a couple of contests that will allow you, our listener, to help us select banter topics for that episode, as well as, uh, and you can also enter for, for valuable prizes if, you're, if your topic is selected. And you can also call and leave us your question for us to answer on that show. And you can call our voicemail at 972-763-5903. That's 972-763-5903. And leave us your questions for big 
episode 100. Well, and leading up to episode 100, we have a couple of interviews coming up. That is correct. We've got the always excellent Ron Mars talking about his new book, Shinku. 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 And uh, we also have Brent Irwin, who's the COO of Ape Entertainment, um, the company behind books like Kung Fu Panda and Richie Rich and characters like that. And that's coming up also. And if you are somebody who has enjoyed Marvel's cosmic stories from years past, we have a huge announcement coming up on a uh, on an interview that's coming up. So uh, uh, we will save that for another time to announce. But uh, some some really great interviews we've got coming up. You know, I already ruined that on Twitter, though, right? Did you really? Yeah. Did you actually say the name on Twitter? I did. Oh, Paul. Well, you, you can go back through Paul's Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want to? <laughs> well, you might be able to find his recipe for taint burgers. So. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's definitely the end of this. Thing. See, see, Paul so. has a series called 140 Character Recipes. Taint burgers <laughs> one of its specialties. <laughs> oh, oh. My personal favorite was the taint pizza with sausage. all right guys thanks a bunch good time Uh, no it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) i feel sick in my stomach podcast theme music graciously provided by mark andrew pope for more information visit markandrewpope.com funny books with aaron and polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com no spider-man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast I remember Jonathan once saying that a successful episode of Kicking the Dice Bags was when he disgusted Aaron. Uh-huh. I think a successful episode of Funny Books is when we discussed him. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm skeeved out. This is awful. <laughs> this is not fun. <sighs> Tainberger, Paul. Show title. <laughs> uh, don't, don't name it. Uh, don't name it Tainberger. <laughs> what? Why does that one get to you so much, Tim? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> no! What's that Ryan Reynolds movie where he's a waiter or something? Waiting, wait. <laughs> waiting gags me out. I couldn't finish it. Tim oh. <laughs> doesn't want people sticking inappropriate things in his food. <laughs> so, what did everyone think of the picture of Bane? I didn't open it. You didn't see it earlier in the week either? It looks all right. Jonathan Landreth actually texted that to me yesterday. That's a lie. He did. He's alive? He's alive. Huh. He texted it to me yesterday. I heard a bit about the story of Bane, and I won't give spoilers because I don't know who wouldn't want spoilers for the movie. But I like their take on it. The I don't know what how I feel about the mask. It doesn't – there's something about it I don't like, but it, it'll be hard to tell until we see a picture from the front. Yeah, it's 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 not enough of an image to uh you know to really get a sense of the character, but you know, it's interesting.
they've officially started their viral marketing with this image, though. So I'm excited because I've heard they're going to do just as good viral marketing as they did for uh, Dark Knight. And I followed all of that, all the Joker stuff. So I hope that is the case. I hope there's a huge viral marketing campaign. Groovy. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of viral marketing. I just just give me the shit. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> a picture for a movie that comes out next year that I'm going to see anyway. Just if I'm if I'm going to see the fucking movie anyway, you're the sequel to the like one of the top movies of all time, like the number two money making film of all time. Why do I have to earn the fucking picture? You know I'm going to see your movie. Just show me the fucking picture. <laughs> it fills up the excitement for me having the the big. Uh, viral marketing campaigns beforehand gets me pumped a little well, bit at a time. I think what we're saying here is Wayne likes foreplay, Paul likes to get straight to business. But yeah, box. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Not such a fan of box. <laughs> oh, he likes it enough. <laughs> He'll get by with some box. But... <laughs> is it my fault? I prefer the girl to the box. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. A little bit, actually. That's the gayest thing I've ever heard in this yeah. <laughs> That's saying something. That's the gayest thing you've ever heard. That's because he doesn't usually listen to us. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good point. Tune, tunes us out. Well, Paul, well, you I'm, headed I'm back going there. to unsubscribe after Tainberg. I'm not lying. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Paul, are you headed back to Chicas Locas later today? I am. Wow! See, Christian. (laughs) There is actually, there used to be a strip club uh, here in town called Chicas Locas! (laughs) Bunch of white girls? Some of his best drawings. (laughs) (sighs) It went out of business, and it just has always made me sad because you you drive by there and I. You, know, you could be having a bad day and you could see that sign and just say to yourself, Chicas Locas! <laughs> now the Chicas are not loca. They are not locus anymore. <laughs> There's <laughs> many more Chicas Locas that are out in general pop now. <laughs> chicas mediocre. And I'd like to point out that the strip club with the live nude midget jello wrestling has gone out of business. Oh. Very oh. Texas falls. I have no reason to ever go to Texas again now. Exactly. I'm not, you know, I don't the, have any reason to live here anymore. You know, the economy has been hard on everybody. <laughs> Particularly live nude midget jello wrestlers. That's right. That's right. It's all there. All right. Well, I got somewhere to be, so I got to get out of here. <laughs> all right. Oh, See you guys Wednesday. I'm, I'm going to miss you, Wayne. What? Why? Said, said, be, because he's our Wayne. He's Wayne. Dude. He's our Wonder Wayne. Oh, okay. Some people have a Wonder Wall. I have a Wonder I, Wayne. That's Actually, you you would enjoy where I have to go, Aaron. There's a, a Humane Society event called Bark in the Park. Oh yeah, that they do here every year. Today is Bark in the Park, so I'm on my way up there now with our dogs. Well, have fun, ba- Batman Poncho. Bring your Poncho. Uh, they have a bat. One has a Batman cape. One has a Superman cape. I think it should be I, called Batman. It's not raining, so I won't think I'll, I don't think I'll have my Poncho on today. Oh. I have worn my Bat Poncho there with uh, my wife made a underdog costume for our beagle. I actually got us in the paper for it. Yeah. So that year, I'm walking around in my Batman poncho with my dog in an underdog costume. <laughs> I'm laughing about Batmancho. Batmancho! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. All right. All right. See you guys Have Wednesday. Fun.
Bye, Wayne. Uh, well, I hope see you guys Wednesday. What, right? why, why, because you're going to unsubscribe? Is that why, Tim? Well, that too. But <laughs> well, why wouldn't we be Wednesday? Well, you know, end of the world as we know it. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, and no one will ever get to listen to Knights of Rainsboro. No we better release it all. Oh, release the God. whole back catalog now. <laughs> a chance. Release! It's almost worth it to not have half people have to listen to Taint Burger. Who's the spokesperson for Taint Burger? Oh, Paul Ponte, apparently. Paul <laughs> <laughs> <Paolo> Ponte. Uh, <laughs> Either that or Pee Wee Herman. I don't know. Take your choice. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> <Shoot> his priest. <laughs> I'm glad that we could get your day started, Tim. Yeah, you know, I was hoping to never, never have to ever hit that point of disgustingness. Not, not on kicked in the dice bag. <laughs> You boys, you boys pulled it out. Good job. <laughs> and who started that? That was, I guess that was actually technically Wayne who started that, but I think uh, Paul uh, Paul and Aaron really got us there. <laughs> That's what we did. a do. match and Aaron threw the gasoline on it. <laughs> <sighs> actually, he threw the gasoline on Paul and then threw Paul into the fire is kind of how it works. <laughs> How did that work at Ruby Tuesdays, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Ruby Tuesdays is famous now. Oh, yay. Yeah, famous because it got mentioned on our podcast. <laughs> well, in, in, in such in such nice terms too. We should we should uh we should um call them out on Twitter. So hey Ruby Tuesday, you're mentioned in this week's episode. <laughs> you should not do that. <laughs> Seems like a bad idea, but <laughs> What do I know? I'm the new Second guy. Cease and desist letter. <laughs> Let's see if they'll retweet us before they listen to the episode. <laughs> hey, you know, that would be a good episode 100 is reading the cease and desist letter. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's the only actual letters we've got like through the mail, right? So we can read both of them. No, they emailed that to us. Oh, yeah, they did email. That doesn't count. Well, we don't have an address. Otherwise, they probably would have. Oh, that's that's horseshit. We should have put some P.O. box in uh, Taos or whatever. Taos? Yeah, made him email, mail it there and it takes six weeks. To show what what country is Taos in again? It's, it is a country. Oh, it is a country. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. What the fuck's wrong with you? Is it next Duh. to Laos? Winning. <laughs> Tiger blood. Oh, come on. How is Ashton Kutcher going to be the new Charlie Sheen? That's going to be so gay. Go on. I think you said it. I used to, it's, that's ridiculous. Listen, okay, all right. I'm I'm just gonna let you know if you're if you're watching Two and a Half Men after eight eight seasons, kill yourself. Exactly. My wife is a super fan. I don't know what to say. Well, uh, Andrew, hand her the hand her the Paul knife. <laughs> hand her the Paul hand knife. Back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kill, kill, kill. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I guess I can't speak for Housewives of America. Yeah, I mean, what, I'm sure your wife watches something. I'm sure your wife watches something that drives you crazy. Why does the wives have to watch such questionable material? Horseshit is a nice word. Horseshit is more like. <laughs> I mean, you'll walk in the room. You're like the Lifetime Channel. Seriously? Oh, um, you! I wish. I wish. I walk into the room. Vampire Diaries. Gossip Girl. True Blood. <laughs> Yeah. When my wife was in college, 
All she ever had on was the freaking Lifetime channel. Oh, my God. Your wife yeah. is in college? Damn, robbing the cradle. When she was in college. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> No, I need. I actually needed that. That's good. <laughs> I, I, I love my my darling bride. I really do. But mm-hmm. she has abominable taste in some of the things she watches. I mean, I, I there is a rule in my house. There is no designing women on our television. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, she she loves those old designing women shows. And I'm yeah. just like, honey, no, you know. When we started dating, you know, I remember, you know, she turned it on like, no, no, no. This is a guy's TV. There is no designing women here. I feel your pain, man. Uh, Uh, What the hell is up with that? I don't know. We don't have a TV. So we have a TV, but we don't have cable. So it doesn't Uh. really matter. She she doesn't watch TV. She didn't watch much TV anyway. So she's like, we can get rid of it. I'm like, oh, okay. But you've got to watch Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy (laughs) is going to be... It's going to be an experience. I'm going to figure something out. I'll break in someone's fucking house every two days. <laughs> well, there's yeah. going to be a lot of houses available after this rapture thing today. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> Just empty. Sure programming, though. But. I, I mean, I, I've been eyeballing that. You know, there's a couple of uh, you know Southern Baptists that live up the street, and they've got a really nice flat screen. So, you know, <laughs> once I see their clothes laying about in the, in the front yard, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head over there and help myself. <laughs> So is, nice. our, our, so is our expert on Jesus, Aaron. Uh-huh. Is it true that if we dunk our heads at 5.59 and 50 seconds and stand our water till 6 o'clock <laughs> and 10 seconds, we'll be okay? Yeah, that, that, that's that got to work. I mean, that just <laughs> <right>. makes sense, <laughs> right? <laughs> that is just common sense right there. <laughs> just asking. Yeah, no, that that, 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 that that sounds like wisdom to me. So exactly. <laughs> well, i got to get my ass to the beach. <laughs> you can't yeah. do it in your tub? Well, you know what I think? I think it was great is that, you know, with it being Rapture Day, that, you know, God has waited to the end of the of the TV season you know, <laughs> so that you're not cliffhanging on, on anything. You know? Well, yeah, that is very thoughtful of him because I would have been pissed if I didn't see that season finale of Supernatural last night. Thanks, yeah, JC. Or, or, you know, How I Met Your Mother earlier this week or Big Bang Theory. I mean, you got to see all these things and, you know, now now your life can be complete. I wish he had no. knocked it off. I wish he had knocked us off before the uh, ending of Smallville. Though. That would have been thoughtful, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, I did get. I did get to see Thor, so that's one off, one off the bucket list. Yeah, you see, I haven't. I haven't seen my Detroit Lions Super Bowl yet, so man, <laughs> can't go yet. Yeah, Tim, I gotta yeah. tell you, if we were holding off on the Rapture for that, <laughs> it's gonna, it's well, gonna be a couple hundred years. You gotta wait. Like, there. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm lobbying. Yeah. That, that's all. But you know, this way you get to go up in heaven. You don't have to be pissed off. You know. <laughs> oh no! I want, I want, I want at least fifty more years of angst and frustration throwing my freaking remote. Yeah, God, that's 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 you know that's the life of a Detroit sports fan. You got to get all pissed off. <laughs> I just want you to know that at six o'clock, if the rapture happens, I'm calling all of you and being pissed off at all of you because <laughs> we're all still here. Talk- I'm going to be like, what the fuck? You guys told me this was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other best part. I like it, I like it how it waits for, uh, you know, safe. It's a rolling. Basically. Yeah, it's, yeah a roll, it's, it's, it's a rolling blackout. Rolling, rolling yeah. brownout, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it's 6 o'clock? Oh, okay. Such a <laughs> random man-made <laughs> thing for God to be like, oh, can't do it to Indiana yet. <laughs> <laughs> what are, what's on cable? God's like. God's like now, 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 
are they still on daylight savings time or are they off daylight savings time? Can't remember. So dumb. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, and I feel bad for the people who are afraid of heights. <laughs> you know, how traumatic is that going to be for them? You know, they get sucked up into the in, into the sky, you know. I think that's that's going to be hard. Don't look down. And they're all gonna, but the great thing is lots of naked people up in the sky today. But you know, <laughs> look, look, look. Make sure that you're in the right place when it happens, because you know you don't like want to be on your block, you know. And like my neighbor who who goes out without a shirt on to take the trash to the curb, <laughs> and let me tell you how you can't see his belt if you know what I mean. Uh. <laughs> so you know, I don't want to be around when that happens. So you know, go hang out somewhere where pretty people. Will uh, get sucked up into the heavens naked. Paul, so. Paul's comic shop, college, <laughs> <laughs> college campuses everywhere. Yeah, go over to the university, hang out there, wait for it to happen. I recommend just so that you have a higher ratio of naked people in the sky, go to like a uh, a, a Christian university. You know, Ooh, yeah, no, really that's just, a good point. You yeah, because your your average college there might not be that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you just want to want, want to enhance. The number of, of naked pretty girls you can see up in the sky. <laughs> I love it because Aaron's like, you just want to enhance the number of naked pretty girls you could see up in the sky while you're on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> At the Christian school. <laughs> That's the funny part. This is my wife, my friend's like, well, what are you going to do when you're stuck down here? Because she knows me, right? I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, it's like, I subscribe to the Indian reincarnation thing. I don't know how it's going to work when there's nobody left, though. <laughs> when there's no one left to reincarnate. <laughs> but on the bright side of things, we have five months, right? Like, the rapture starts tonight, but the world actually ends at the end of October. Yeah, it's going to be a hell on Earth for, for until then, right? Yeah, but I got a lot of – that means I still got five months. Captain America's still going to come out. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> that, that's, that's your concern. <laughs> yeah, but you know the hell on earth is X Men First Class. So, oh. <laughs> God, damn, it's like I went to see Thor and Fast Five, and I'm like, I'm done with movies for the fucking summer. Yeah, it's like wait, I gotta <laughs> wait till Captain August. America. No, yeah. I'm not seeing Captain America. Captain America is gonna be great. Why? Why? Because they've got the Human Torch playing Captain America. That's part of my problem. He's gonna have a mask on. Eh. Andy's like put on like thirty pounds. Yeah, he's got man know. breasts. Did you see those chiseled pecs? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. You on a motorboat? Those things. You could no, you I could don't. cut cheese. You could cut cheese on those, man. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I I actually gave that one wasn't sexual. <laughs> or was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. I'm not a fan of the genre anyway. So the the the, the Captain America genre. The awesome movie genre. No, no, World War Tim II. hates good like, things. All right, I'm just gonna stop. No, I get, I, I hear you, Tim. You're not a big fan of World War II stuff. I, I got you. I got you. No, See, well, I, I am, I'm a huge fan of World War II. You give me same. some Nazis, I'm there. Oh yeah. And then you're throwing a little not lost Nazi gold. Oh. Are throwing the Thule Society? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sporting wood right now. <laughs> Go find the misses. <laughs> She's watching Designing Women in the next room. <laughs> not. And as soon as Aaron walks into the room and hears uh, the, the, the Designing Women, his erection disappears. Yeah. No doubt. Oh, fuck it. I'm going to go oh, do like the walk. Delta Burke and Annie Potts. There you go, Aaron. Happy fucking <laughs> <birthday>. <laughs> Delta Burke. <laughs>